Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. And welcome to another episode of the Nerdyverse yeah. series. I was about to say, is he going to remember? There's so much nerd happening. I can't tell if we're herding or we're versing. Either way, we're nerding. Um, and you're always welcome to the party and the madness um, where we talk about either Star Wars or in this case, not Star Wars. Because Nerdyverse oh, yes. is all about all the other things we love. Um, although clearly, just like every uh, pair of parents, we have a favorite. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're, we're built and established on Star Wars, but we love a great many things. Oh, yes. Um, I think this is going to be maybe one of the more out there things. I mean, we've covered, we've mentioned quite a bit, but I mean, we've never really covered far and away from sci-fi, horror, action. Um, but I mean, this is a genre all of its own accord. I mean, it's very unique. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, it It's... A form of cinema that I'm not overly aware of. Um, well, I've you're seen... aware of it. You're oh, not. I'm aware of it. I'm not familiar. Yeah, with it. That's a word. Um, like I, I've seen all of three Godzilla films. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not including the what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, like I've seen the original and the the dubbed version. Mm-hmm. I count those as one. They're not, but They're not. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand what you mean. Um, I've seen uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra, mm-hmm. and I've seen uh, <laughs> Godzilla Final Wars. Yeah, and you've seen uh, the 1998 uh, Matthew Broderick film. Yes, I have, but I don't consider that a Godzilla film. Well, but Godzilla, Godzilla Final Wars yes. says it is. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> yeah, if but, Toho uh, says it is, it's it's actual. Are we really giving that much credit to Godzilla Final Wars? Yes. Okay. It's one of my favorites. It's it it was an experience. It's a lot of fun. It was it was something. It's it's I was up confused. there um, with another film we'll talk about uh, around the corner um, that's getting also a 2021 sort of refreshing that that's good to. Uh, just pop open whatever beverage you like, whether it's chalky milk or, or a good old Pabst, uh, <laughs> and just have fun. Or Pabst with, milk. Um, I'm talking, of course, about uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, yes. We're not talking about that here, but that and Godzilla Final Wars are a great double Dude. feature uh, to just enjoy yourself with. I've said it a few times on the podcast already, but I am so freaking pumped right for mortal Kombat, like well stay pumped because so we're, we're talking about it so yes, we um are. yeah we, we're constantly pushing the boundaries on um the things we discuss i mean obviously as always we we are established on star wars that's our biggest and greatest love yes. but we we love other things and you apparently like hearing us talk about those other things apparently um, so we're going to keep doing that um we are planning the rest of this year's content and our patrons are currently helping us actually with that so if you want, you can join us for at least a dollar a month, and that gets your opinions in the mail to us, uh, lickety-split. Yes, and, a man um, on a pony. We'll bring them directly to our door. Right. So, um, yeah, and so the likes of Godzilla versus Kong are what end up on that list when, we, yes. um, when we're allowed to just do as we please, uh, which is fun. It's nice. Yeah, and to be fair, we were left without supervision. <laughs> right. So... so 
yeah, I mean, like you said, this is a little bit more my nostalgic wheelhouse. Although, obviously, yeah, I mean, we we enjoyed it together, but I think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you definitely like the, these more modern takes on, on the characters. Yeah, like, I, I didn't watch Godzilla until I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it... I don't have that same emotional co- connection to the films like you do. So it in reality, it's just watching a big old monkey fight a big old lizard. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty dope. It I is. thought it was neat. It was a great movie. Yeah. So as always, uh, we like to kind of build a road to the conversation of the film. Yes. Or character or franchise, whatever we happen to be talking about. And so uh, before actually discussing the film, which we won't give the Justice League treatment, um, no four-hour cuts. But again, if you want our four-hour cut of Justice League review, then, you know, get on that Patreon. We need so much money for so many special effects. Listen, man, <laughs> it costs so much money. I have anestheticians working around the clock to get rid of this mustache. Right, you think we do this for free? <laughs> so, um, but but nonetheless, I mean, we will be discussing the film, um, Godzilla vs. Kong, but I don't feel like I can talk about it or we should talk about it even, given as much as I love these characters and franchise, to disregard that this is not the first time these two have faced off. Accurate. And uh, what's kind of led to what we get now is a modern take on Godzilla, because there's quite a lot of years. I mean, we're going on 75 years worth of history. Um, yeah. or, or closer to 70, I think, uh, behind the big old lizard. So... You know, it, you can't talk about him without talking about all the baggage that comes with him. Good baggage, but very good but baggage. Still. Like it's it's very attractive baggage. It's Vera Bradley. <laughs> so, like you said, you you haven't really had uh, much exposure to that. I don't know what uh, the algorithm or formula is for getting into or discovering kaiju. Um, I think it's actually harder now than it used to be. Yeah, I think you have to like have a vehicle of being a weeb, at least a little bit. Uh, well, not for me, because I actually, before really into anime, got into this. Um, although, I, yeah, I can see how being into Japanese media mm-hmm. is kind of your main in. Um, now, I will say, um, you know, with Netflix's uh, Godzilla trilogy, um, and obviously with these films and, and, and more recent references even, yeah, it's it's there, mm-hmm. but it's easy to take it as these are these monsters. Like the Godzilla of the tr- you know, the Netflix trilogy is Godzilla. Like there's there's no pull digging you deeper than that because it's itself it's its own self-contained universes. So the Netflix one, it doesn't really lean too much. It gives you everything you need to enjoy those those movies. Um the legendary films versions of Godzilla and Kong and all that are self-contained they don't pull mm-hmm. you into unless you just are one of those people that once you see something you're like okay let me go on a wikipedia and imbd uh rabbit hole if you have adhd yeah yeah so <laughs> it it doesn't pull you in as much um i'm not saying there's no way for people of of modern cinema viewing to kind of fall into this but mm-hmm. um I know for me, it was literally just because, I mean, where my mom worked, there was a thrift store attached. Every Salvation Army, that's what most people know uh, them for. Yeah. And so um, they had 
VHSs, you know, out the wazoo, of course. Most of my film uh, taste comes from what's sat on those shelves forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom or me just finally decided, maybe I'll like this. You know, that's how I got into Terminator and all this other stuff. My mom bought me Terminator. Um, I have to clarify, I didn't choose that. She made the choice. That that is very on brand for your mom. Yeah, so (laughs) like. Be like, okay, I love this. John's going to love this. Well, and I don't even know, I don't even really know. We never talked about what her relation with it was. It was just enough of where she was like, I'm sure this will entertain my child. Yeah. And so she came home, and I remember the three specifically. It was Godzilla versus Megalon. It was um, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. And it was Godzilla versus Mothra. All VHSs, I still have all of them, uh, just for nostalgia's sake. Oh, and yeah. so um, framed. It was, those were enough. It got me just what I needed. And, of course, it was in probably the height of Godzilla's you know, fame in filmmaking where they were doing like one a year of these films. And I mean, they were just really cranking it out. And in in these in particular, Godzilla was mostly, you know, portrayed as this big, you know, um, national good guy. Like this is mm-hmm. um, something proud to show off and everything. And I just, you know, the, the same reason people like Jurassic Park is why I like these big monsters and everything like that. And of course, it was just a whole new world of I had no idea about dubbing at that point or special effects or anything. It was literally just big monsters, you know, yeah. bashing it out. Let's settle this right now. Subs or dubs? Um, anime, I can accept a lot of subs. Um, Godzilla, I prefer... Or, I mean, in anime, I can accept a lot of dubs. Mm-hmm. I advocate that some dubs are warranted and earned. Some are well done. Um, I stand by that others it's just tradition um and we're getting more and more into a era where we don't require dubs as much i I love many a voice actor many of people i would love to shake hands with grew up being the voices of anime characters i love and Mm -hmm. and other characters but nonetheless i see it as less and less necessary because i've valued the original content so much that i don't think it needs to be re re redone for me mm-hmm. and that and that's how i feel about the godzilla films where i'm like i don't need you know it to be americanized i don't need it to be english i i don't need all of that i just the, the film is good in and of its own content i don't need it covered up if that makes sense and mm-hmm. not to say that everybody that subs over has ill intentions uh or, or dubs over has ill like no, no we're gonna make this the like i'm not saying that but i i think it's worth I mean, we talk about this a lot with like J-horror and K-horror and all this other stuff yeah. of like, why do I need it covered? Like, why do I need it translated to be able to enjoy it? I don't. Yeah. So, so it's like I have less justification for having dubs in, in my um, Japanese content and everything. I don't know. I agree. Like, I feel like we've gotten a bit spoiled with dubs, uh, especially us growing up with uh, certain animes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, they're not necessary. Well, you got to think, it's built on a... It, it wasn't done of, like, we want to do this to deliver your wonderful product to American audiences. Like, it was not. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, if you want us to serialize and, and spread your great show, we have to have our bit in the coin. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, that's not the motivation behind everything, but how it started. Yeah. I mean, 
back in the 60s and when, when most of the Godzilla films I watched were released. Uh, they were from the 60s. I wasn't from the 60s, although I feel like it sometimes. <laughs> You're in um, your 60s. You know, it wasn't going to come to America unless they did. The original Godzilla, perfect example. Mm-hmm. It's not going to see American audiences. I don't. I think it wasn't until like the early 2000s yeah. until the original cut was released to American audiences. Yeah, they were like, let's add a white guy for the Americans to look at. Yeah, just, it's like, it's just it's ridiculousness, and and so silly. although I'm very nostalgic for old films, um, I I have no problem with uh with dubs. I mean, I like what they're doing with these films, where it's a full on, it's a partnered project where they're releasing an American version, mm-hmm. and they're doing it well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I see more warmth for what they're doing with these modern films than what they're doing with dubbing over, um, as they've done in years past and everything. Yeah. I agree. I I thought this was a really good movie. Yeah. And they say something in here that's um, really, really interesting and, and kind of like jarred me when, when this came out uh, because he's talking about when Godzilla first appeared 10 years ago and we're talking about the current 2021 Godzilla versus Kong. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, it is going on 10 years because 2014 is when um, Legendary released Godzilla. That is um, accurate. You know, directed by Gareth Edwards, who went on to Rogue One fame, which is, thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Um, he has a way of capturing, like, these interesting period pieces. And, and I use period piece lightly, because it's not necessarily historic or anything. But he, as the modern memes are doing, understood the assignment. Like, he took in everything that was Godzilla and translated it, quote unquote, <laughs> into a modern and a, a very... Um, uh, honorable American rendition. Um, same with Rogue One, where he was able to take Star Wars, the original 70s vibe and feel and aesthetic, mm-hmm. and he was able to turn it into a modern Star Wars film. Yeah. It was great. Unlike, you know, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. <laughs> where I, I don't have a lot of problem with that. I, I, I'll be clear. That was the first Godzilla movie I ever watched. Because a lot it of was, people. Like, we got it from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. which, much like your film taste came from the thrift store, mine came from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. just wandering the aisles. Um, and we watched it, and I took in nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't know what Godzilla was. So, yeah. like, that was the definitive, this is Godzilla, in my brain for a long time. Which, going back and watching it, 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 it doesn't hold up. But that's just because it was a '90s movie. Well, yeah, it was very of its time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's the only real huge complaint against it. No, I mean, it's from the '90s. It's yeah. got Hank Azaria in it. It's great. It, like, it's got a great cast. I mean, one yeah. of the best human casts to accompany Godzilla. Honestly. Yeah. Um, do you do you think that a human pregnancy test would work on? Zilla. I mean, it tests for very similar things, I imagine, in, in, regardless of species. I guess so, so. I mean, I think the body does similar things regardless. I'm not a scientist, dude. I run a podcast that nobody <laughs> listens to. I pet doggies. Um, so we'll talk more. Uh, we have a follow-up to this where we can talk more about the Godzilla universe and kaiju films overall yes. and everything and dive into that. But coming from a place of a good amount of grown-up Growing up on Godzilla mm-hmm. uh, to a point of not really, yes, but enjoying a lot of King Kong. Content. Yeah, know, knowing of yeah, you liked which uh, Kong is 
uh, mark of, of cinematic achievement mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Back to the original 1933 uh, stop-motion oriented film. I mean, still, it set the bar of animation and special effects for so many for so long. Oh, yeah. Like, where you've seen, I think, almost every Godzilla film, I've seen almost every King Kong film. Which is easy. No, you haven't, first of all. But, but which is easy when there's not as That's many. That's why I said almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we're going to talk about some you haven't oh, yes. seen, I know. Accurate. Um, but yeah, I watched the original uh, 1933 version with my dad. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the night on the sci-fi channel. It's a great, great one. Oh, yeah. And then watching the Jeff Bridges one. And then, of course, my personal favorite. The Jeff Bridges, that was the yeah. 1963? 60-something. I don't remember. Jeff Bridges is that old? Or is there another one I don't know about? I don't, I don't know what year that one came out, but I I'm remember gonna, that one. You talk about it while I look it up, because okay, it, it's got Jeff Bridges in it. It's a King Kong movie. It's exactly the same formula as you would think. Like pretty lady gets abducted by Kong, but I remember that was the first time that I saw boobs on a movie. It was jarring. And even more jarring because it was in a King Kong movie. I don't understand why they went that route with it. But it was like, it was the thing to take. I mean, uh, you you imagine going from the it's 1976, by the way. Oh, 76. Uh, you imagine Thank going you. from the 30s to the 70s. It was a little bit more open, yeah. a little bit more low barrier. We're gonna put in Jeff Bridges without a shirt. You're right, <laughs> because that's what the audiences want. Um, I mean, I'm trying to confirm now because I thought there was a 63, unless what I am thinking about is the original Godzilla vs. King Kong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Actually, it's King Kong vs. Godzilla. The original mm-hmm. in 1962 is actually King Kong vs. Godzilla, which was because yes. of arrangements they made. Like it was, It was much like these modern films. It was a partnership. It wasn't just Toho. They didn't just get the rights to King Kong and do like it was co-opted uh between Japanese and American audiences because by the 60s about 10 years after the original Godzilla came out and several other kaiju films Mm -hmm. were very popular already American audiences were like we need to get in on this more than just the the dubbing and and reshooting money we need to co-op this we need to you know help our Japanese brothers out much like you know we get the way of Transformers and Power Rangers and all this other stuff they want more skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So we get films like King Kong versus Godzilla and sequels that we'll talk about. But yeah, interesting. I guess for so long, I thought that um, I guess what I saw as the 76 version. Yeah. I thought that was the 63 version. My brain. Interesting. That's it's fine. D- dates got, got all jumbled. But I know I've only seen the 76 version once, which is probably why I've gotten so confused. And the only reason... And I know this for for a fact. Um, the only reason I saw it was because Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, did the the voice for King Kong in that film. Yes, he did. Um, and I just I, I saw that uh, trivia fact on his his Wikipedia page, and I was like, I need to see a King Kong then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've only seen that one once. I I know I didn't really enjoy it because I went back from that and watched the thirty three version, um, along with the original Godzilla fifty four. And I loved both of those. And oh, so, yeah. like, those kind of stuck with me, whereas uh, the 76 version didn't. That's fair. And then, of course, um, Kong kind of re, re-entered um, yes. in, 
Oh my gosh, when was it? 2000? 2000 something. But I think it was 2006. Peter Jackson made my favorite King Kong movie. Right. Like, I love this movie so much. It's a very good movie. We saw it in the theaters, and I, it was just, it was so great. 2005, I was close. 2005. Um, I knew it was around there because I recently learned <laughs> that Peter freaking Jackson, the, the king of special effects of yep. um, The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings fame, just finished the three-film trilogy, which, by the way, he filmed back-to-back, Mm-hmm. And he filmed um, reshoots after the release. So they would finish the movie. So we, we finished Lord of the Rings, right? Okay. Now, six months later, like as soon as we're getting the film in theaters, um, they would be filming for the extended editions. Mm-hmm. Those were not filmed at the same time. Those were filmed after. Yep. So that six months later, after people had seen one version, they could capitalize and be like, hey, you like that movie? Have more. <laughs> And I did. Which is not on the same level as Zack Snyder. Don't fight me. But they, he did that three freaking times, and right? And then did it again. And then immediately did it again with no like no break going into King Kong mm-hmm. with the same visual effects team. So the same people that had just done all of that amazing work, which in the early 2000s was intense, he turned around and produced one of the best-looking giant monster yes. movies dependent on cg yes and jack black's acting oh my gosh one of the best jack black movies absolutely one of my favorite jack black performances absolutely i love jack black so much he as is, a human he, he is the highlight of that movie in terms of human characters oh, other yeah. than adrian brody's nose like and like barely he, cracks a joke like <laughs> oh yeah i mean he's he just acts well and then um on top of that you get um, Andy Serkis in his first typecast role as Monkey Man, because from here he'd go on to be Caesar, of course, and everything. Like, I feel like this man knows apes <laughs> more than Jane Goodall. Like, that's the one, right? Yes. That's the ape lady. Yeah, I, like, I get her and Jane Fonda mixed up for some reason. <laughs> I just imagine this actress in the Everglades just hanging out with orangutans and such. Jane Fonda is dope, though. Uh, so, like, anyway... Um, my light went out, but it's going to be fine because I'm going to ignore it. Literally, my light. Yeah. Uh, you're my light, and you're still here, so it's Gross. fine. Also, uh, like, comment, and survive, and, um, <laughs> you know, maybe my light will come back to life. Um, who knows? Donate to Patreon, and maybe it'll it'll come back. Um, Peter Jackson's King Kong is great. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's 100%. what I was trying to wrap up. That's the thought I was trying to wrap up. Um, so, so, that's kind of the journey. So, 1954, we get Godzilla. He moves from uh, political and, and global commentary uh, on injustice and war crimes to a kid-friendly um, superhero, the likes of Superman, to Japanese audiences everywhere. Yes. And then becomes movie monster in the 90s, being reintroduced to American audiences. Then gets reinvigorated as the king character that he's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um by Toho once again in the early 2000s, which leads to another cult following that ignites an interest in bringing him to American shores properly this time. That's how we get to Godzilla 2014, which then, um, I believe, Kong Skull Skull Island came next. I think so. I'm pretty sure that came. Yes, because it it was was, uh, 2014, uh, Godzilla, and then Skull Island right after. Yeah. Because they wanted to set Which, it up as quickly as possible. Well, wasn't 
enti- wasn't super duper hardcore tied together. I think no. they were. I mean, it's like the early days of the MCU where they were just and they and they'll say as Kevin Feige will say as much. We were just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when we put Captain America's shield and Iron Man, we didn't expect what was coming from that. It was just there. And yeah. so it's like they were just doing stuff where it's just like, well, I mean, that just came out. We made that movie so we can use those things. Yeah. What if we just set it up? And it worked. And honestly, Kong got the better films out of both. So we essentially got two Kong films and two Godzilla films because we got Godzilla yes. 2014 and then we got Godzilla King of the Monsters and we got Kong Skull Island, uh, which I appreciate them just calling him Kong. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you get Godzilla versus Kong, which in yes. my opinion is a, God, is, a, is a King Kong movie. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly because King Kong was, I think, the focal point he, of this yeah, movie. Yeah, he was the character. And just does so much for the character of King Kong. Again, the character, which, yeah. and I made this point as much. I yeah. was very, I'm bitter because I, because coming from old kaiju films where Godzilla is a character, he's acted, he's, you know, uh, exemplified by emotions yeah. and, and certain things. Like, to get just big smashy lizard of these modern films, I will say King of the Monsters did him some favors, but the first one and then this one just make him mean lizard boy. And I'm not a huge fan of that, especially when you throw in his titular foe and then give it over to Kong. Like, it's it's just one of those things where it's just like, I would have preferred some new villain that they both could share. Mm -hmm. This feels like, (laughs) I don't know, this just... It was a little ham-fisted. I getcha. And, like, you absolutely called it in, like, the first few months when we were um, getting hyped for the Oh, movie. it was going to be another monster. You yeah. knew. Like, and I think you knew at that point that it was going to be Mechagodzilla, too. Uh, not until the trailer. The trailer confirmed it, but, like, the only reason I knew was because of what they'd done with Skull Island to make Kong such a good guy. Yeah. And then with King of the Monsters, as soon as that came out and they were kind of like okay no godzilla's good he he's gonna defend earth maybe not humans but he's gonna do the right thing yeah i'm like they're they're making them both good boys which i'm i'm perfectly okay with and is is the way these characters should be but you don't do that and then immediately like make it out like oh and now they want to kill each other like yeah why you don't set two characters up like that even though they were trying to teach like they barely teased Mechagodzilla. So even if you missed it in the trailer, you could see the trailer in the points where it's just like, you know, some ancient war, like all this. Like they were trying to build lore that made it seem like they should fight each other. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things like just because cave paintings and and white people say it doesn't mean it's going (laughs) to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, that that painting says you're supposed to fight the lizard. So go do it. Like, why? I love. What did he do to me? I love the idea that it's just like in king kong's blood like the second he sees godzilla he's like i'm gonna fight that lizard no i mean they they do establish there's a lore of like these under earth titans which is what the new universe calls them which is cool i enjoy it uh i i enjoy they spent time to establish where the heck do these big things keep coming from um and they build in there that they can recognize each other which isn't so much a blood feud thing to me it's it's much more as they use it in the the film, a animalistic sense of just like, I'm animal, you're animal. We come from the same place. We don't fight. I know that. It, it, because that's the focal point of this plot is mm-hmm. 
while the villain is trying to build Mecha Godzilla to make and and I love the spin and how they turned it. Most yes. people probably thought it was cheesy and everything, but I like that Alpha Alpha, Alpha Cybernetics, I believe. Apex. Apex. That's Apex. right. Same same connection because it's the idea. I like I like that they take a cool name mm-hmm. that could exist and then make it about like no uh, our mission is to become the Apex Predators to prove these monsters are not god or king. And so Yes. I love um, that spin that they did just in a, a turn of dialogue towards the end. Yeah, that so, was good. So he that's that's the history of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Works a lot better than Aliens. I, I appreciate it. I'm a little disappointed that we did not get a monkey man. <laughs> I, I think it's it's too early. A lot of fans want the Monsterverse to go towards Aliens next. I think it should, but this yeah. was too early to go Alien. I forgot. I have seen Mechagodzilla, the first one. Yeah. Yes. But... So, and, and on that note, though, we all know the best Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, oh, was yes. man-made. Yes. So, in both senses, the both the first birth and the rebirth, and I will fight anybody that says differently. Um, I'll come to that. Yeah. So, the focal point is they're making Me- Mecha Godzilla to be the apex again, to put Godzilla and King Kong and all these titans in their place. Yes, using uh, bones of Ghidorah. Yeah, so they're use so I love that they build in already real and established plot. Okay, so it's yes. always been a thing that is appreciated where they don't explain it in any film. So if you go back and watch Godzilla versus Ghidra or the Three Headed Monster, or if you watch Godzilla kill all monster, it was Ghidra. Have I been originally. saying it wrong? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it's gone through different um, kind of iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it was Ghidra. Uh, okay. When he first kind of appears, and then they get Ghidorah, and then King Ghidorah, and um, wasn't it all at one such. point uh, the monster from Planet X? Uh, well, that came out of uh, titling differences. Mm-hmm. So Godzilla versus the monster from Planet X was also Godzilla versus King uh, or Godzilla versus Gigan, I believe. Um, it, like, there's a lot of, and that that all comes from uh, the Americanization and the the over the seas marketing, and like, there's all this stuff. Yeah behind these films that make for barriers to understanding or enjoying them yeah if that makes sense uh gigan is the armadillo right nope no uh gigan is the hook hand man car door door door, (laughs) if you don't get that reference just google gigan so anyway so uh it's always been established that okay with these long necks and and multiple heads how in the heck does Three tiny brains, because his head in proportion to his body is very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, Godzilla also has two brains. Um, so how does that work? How do three tiny brains control big golden dragon monster? Telepathy. So they, they might not be uh-huh. huge, but they're very developed. And so they have that kind of built in. So it, they recognize that more than likely just from studying and dissecting the remains that they, they gathered from Ghidorah from King of the Monsters and realize hey, if we can tap into this like a Bluetooth receiver, we could maybe use this to control something. And that, that kind of is the built-in logic behind mm-hmm. how do they control giant mecha monster? But also, how does giant mecha monster go bad? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was, a, I like this. I do like yes. this. I was a little disappointed it's one of those things I can, to a point, understand how people would be like, man, missed opportunities. Because when I've seen, I mean, I don't know how many freaking films there are. Like, there's like 30-something so Godzilla films. 
um, when I've seen all these movies and I've seen all variations of plot uh, where they've invented and reinvented characters and, and changed things up, um, it's hard not to, in, in a new iteration again, to be like, yeah, but that other version did it better. Um, I like what they did because it's actually a combination. So my favorite Mechagodzilla iteration is Kiryu, never called actually Mechagodzilla. Um, Kiryu, what? It sounds like kill you. That's the point. It's very funny. <laughs> um, Kiryu is the Millennium series, which is the Godzilla films that came out um, post-1999 um, to 2005. It's that era's um, Mechagodzilla. And what's really freaking poetic and amazing about this is they got they wanted to go more realistic with these movies. So, which they started off with an alien invasion. Don't ask me. Of course. But they wanted to stay away from aliens for, like, the classic characters. So, originally, Mechagodzilla was made by aliens. Why? I mean, not too far off from what the plot of Godzilla vs. Kong was, just because they could and they wanted to dominate. I don't know. Um, they were just having fun, doing right? stuff. Um, so, whereas Aliens brought us the original, which has its built-in logic of why can it, A, build a giant robot that works, B, build a giant robot that can withstand atomic breath and all this other stuff, Aliens, just... Throw it away with aliens. Uh, History Channel's been doing it for years. So then, hey. but now fast forward about 30-something years, and they need a better plot. And so they come up with, what if the Godzilla we're fighting isn't the original or only Godzilla? Mm -hmm. What if in this timeline, the 1954, the 1954 film, I can combined foreign film in there, um, happened. Mm -hmm. That Godzilla happened and died. Killed by the great Dr. Sarazawa, by the way, whose heir, son... I guess uh, grandson, maybe? I don't know. They in, in in this film, there's a Dr. Sarazawa who controls... Who is one of the only Japanese characters in this film. <laughs> un underused, man. I really... So underused. Oh. And he has, like, this K-pop haircut. And if you're gonna... I mean, if you're gonna throw out Sarazawa, yeah. you better use that character. Yeah. More than just sitting in a skull and, like, getting all white-eyed yeah i mean he looked cool for what he was there yeah. for but like he did not play an integral part and i'm sad i mean that's the equivalent i'm Missed trying to think that's that's like bringing in mara jade but then having her as a background character for i don't know whatever and not even name dropping her she's yeah. just sitting at the bar in the oh background. yeah that's miss jade like they do something yeah. like that where it's just like i'm supposed to know who that is but i don't care uh, so anyway <laughs> so uh the original godzilla dead yes the Godzilla they're fighting now in the in the 2000s films uh, is a second one. And so if that Godzilla existed and died, its skeleton's at the bottom of the ocean. So they retrieve the skeleton, build armor and robotics around it, and thus have Mechagodzilla. Um, and the plot centers around the fact that once they kind of plug up Godzilla to the skeleton to the, the cybernetics, he kind of comes back to life. And so Mechagodzilla actually goes bad because the original Godzilla, which at that point was evil, was still in there. And that's exactly what happens here with Ghidorah of once they combine... So I, I kind of got off track where the plot centers around going to the Hollow Earth to retrieve yes. whatever energy helps create these giant titans. With Alexander Skarsgård. It's not super, 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 super clear why they need that 
Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's because they can't fully power, they can't jumpstart Mechagodzilla. They can turn it on, but eventually it's just not enough power from man-made uh, tech. Yeah. So they need the source that gives life to all Titans. That's where that whole side plot of adventure towards the center of the Earth comes from. I did not understand that the first time. No. I don't know <laughs> if there's missing parts that could have helped me or I if mean... I'm dumb. <laughs> It's entirely possible that there were deleted scenes that kind of explain that a little bit more, but... If it's there, I'm dumb, and I'll yeah. accept that, but, you know, it's just one of the... Yeah. So, that that's the driving point of this plot. They need the, the good hollow earth juice to bring Mechagodzilla to life. Yes. Problem is, once it does that, it brings Ghidorah to life because Mechagodzilla is Ghidorah. So... What I don't know is, were they trying to say that Ghidorah was in control or just Mad Titan energy was in control? I think they were going for Mad Titan energy was in control, but yeah. I think it would make more sense if it was Ghidorah. Right. Like, I, we're not going to rewrite your movie there, friend, but like... I mean, either way is fine. I yeah. I mean, it gives a reason for Mechagodzilla to be bad. Like, yeah. what, other than just humans make big giant tank monster... You know, we need to destroy that. But no, this this is out of our control kind yeah. of situation. Speaking of Journey to Hollow Earth, mm-hmm. at the ride at Universal that we're <laughs> developing. Yeah, you, you were on that when we were watching yeah, this. Yeah, that's going to be a ride. It should be. It do looks you, so much fun. Do you think it's going to be like a Star Tours type ride where you're just sitting in a pod if, and stuff happens around you? Or do you think it's going to be a roller coaster? No, I th- I think... Well, if anything, combine it, because that's what Rise of Resistance did. Um, and they did it well. Do moments where, obviously, most of the flying is that, but then where you exit, um, you kind of go out, and they can do, you know, the part where they're coming out of the Earth mm-hmm. when Godzilla and Kong are fighting, and they just yes. zoom around them? That First was so of, good. The cinematography done for this film... Stunning. ...is amazing. Um, Adam Wingard director. I know that there's several people that are involved in everything that happens in films, but obviously the director has a lot of push and a lot of, well, direction. Mm-hmm. And so credit where credit is due, this film is amazing. They did um, such a good job of making it look like it was two people in suits fighting, right? but well, better. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is they use very classic film tech, um, or film shot technique for giant monster movies, even though they don't have to. But then also... They take things pioneered yeah. by Pacific Rim and make it like you're you're a drone in the fight. Like it yeah. makes you feel like you're in the midst of this battle. It, it looks almost handheld. Like it, it's it looks ama- fantastic. Well, it might be because well, thanks to James Cameron, a good old Jim. James Cameron, <laughs> the right. greatest pioneer. I need, I need at least another five million dollars. <laughs> I need I need more blue. More um, blue <laughs> uh, The tech that he created for Avatar, filming on an entirely computer-generated set. Mm-hmm. Basically, they build it, and, and Mandalorian even benefited from this, they build it digitally and then combine that with a special type of camera that when you're viewing, you know, your actor in tights, if you look on the screen to the left of you, you see the completed scene. You see it overlapping. Mm-hmm. More than likely, that's how they did a lot of this. Yeah. If, if they didn't, if here's the thing. That tech is really a, a crutch. It's a help. To help you, because it is very hard to animate with no reference. Yes. Especially to this level of detail. So if they used that, good on them, because a lot of films do that, and that's awesome. If they didn't, holy cow, these people deserve all the hugs and money. Because 
jeez, they are talented. So talented. In like, general, this film looks amazing. Yeah, I, like, th- even though we point out, like, a little plot things that could have been better explained, this movie is gorgeous. There's not a Godzilla film that exists that doesn't have a point where you're just like, that's kind of silly. But we're not here for that. <laughs> we're here for either one monster smashing everything or two monsters duking it out. No, we had so much fun watching this movie. Yeah, it, and that's that's what I love about it. And that's what I like about where it's come from. The 2014 was very static. It was very monster movie. Mm-hmm. The thing that's appealing and the thing that I love most about Godzilla movies aren't that they are monster movies, but that they're fun, entertaining yeah. giant monster movies there's a difference between monsters that should scare you um or that represent horror or tragedy and there's uh giant monsters that are meant to kind of just resemble fun you know yeah. goofiness and and very b sci-fi like no matter the best godzilla movie is still a b movie because it's a guy in a rubber suit like it's yeah. just i mean it's up there with just using what you can to create what you can't like Yes. Before CG, before all this other stuff, how do we make people believe in giant monsters? Lots of rubber. Make everything real small. Hundreds of pounds of rubber. Make this guy a big monster. Like, right. Um, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fantastic human characters in this a, movie. A very good cast. Very good cast. I think Millie you, Bobby you, Brown did great. You hated who you were supposed to hate and you loved who you were supposed to love. Yes. Um, I loved the character. Oh, his name escapes me. Oh, the, the podcast, podcast guy. guy? Oh, like, <laughs> my gosh. He was fantastic I've never the been so time. seen in film. Right? <laughs> I loved it. The humor was great. Like, the humor was fantastic. There, there, there wasn't anything I felt that was extremely lacking. I think overall, though, it was just a matter of there was a lot of good plot to make this entertaining movie happen. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the plot got a little condensed to make it happen. And I'm okay with that because that meant we got five more minutes of Godzilla pounding on King Kong. Yes. And, I mean, the fighting was epic. I mean, I I love the classic stuff. I oh, will yeah. always be nostalgic. I've never seen such a good monster brawl. Oh, yeah. The scene on the boat was incredible. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, everything about this, you know, it was just enough to, you know, tickle the kid in me that loved these kinds of movies growing up. And everything to entertain the grown-up in me that likes a film to be good and entertaining. Yeah. It's it's a great middle ground. Um, and you know what? It kept my interest the whole way through. Right. So um, I, I don't think we can gush much more about it. I mean, we could. No. but um, So as I mentioned, though, this is not the first time these no. big titans have faced off. <laughs> it's um, not. And I love that. Uh, the mythical, the legendary... Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So, as I mentioned earlier, this is a 1962 film that was made in partnership with Toho and American uh, companies to release a film yes. that partnered the two biggest uh, monsters of the two biggest nations at the time, I guess. At the time. Yeah, you know, they, they've always been made out to be, you know, American, Japan, they've always been made out to be such titans of the world and everything. I don't know. People are people. I don't know. There's no <laughs> one country better than the other. No. Although, generally, Never mind, I'm not going to get into it. Please um, don't. <laughs> anyway, so Godzilla was very popular by this point, um, yeah. as were giant monster movies. Um, and America had its successes with King Kong and, and, and the likes, but definitely to a more horror um, element. Uh, and so when ideas began circulating of how can we combine these and capitalize on these on both shores, 
ultimately King Kong versus Godzilla was was what was settled on. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of craziness around this, but essentially it ends up being a film that it lives up to its name where King Kong's there, Godzilla's there, they must fight. They fight. Um, the plot was not very forward in old kaiju films because no. you were there for the kaiju. <laughs> exactly. Um, and ultimately, it was it was a bit of an achievement to, to get this level of cooperation in film. Um, not necessarily a perfect version, uh, I, I, I think, and that's just a product of the times. But overall, just to see, um, you know, studios come together and work for an entertaining film for audiences is pretty cool. Um, this was the only successful one that they did, though. And I do recommend finding it and watching it. Old Godzilla movies yeah. are hilarious Showa and heisei series which are like the 60s and um, 80s series are mm-hmm. lovely films if you want to see a smooth godzilla son yeah um they are they're fantastic so um the, this was done well but as everything that's done well um there's always things that are followed up because more money uh yeah. but not necessarily more quality absolutely not so um at one point ideas circulated of, okay, how can we do this again? What's the next big uh, American movie monster that we can take? First of all, obviously King Kong originally was only about like 60 feet tall. He wasn't super huge, so he was scaled up tremendously. um, Big time. Typically Godzilla is about 500 meters tall, which is about 130 something feet or some math number. I don't know. Metric numbers. Um, So King Kong was much bigger. So size wasn't an issue. So if size isn't an issue, and we're talking about classic monsters, obviously, the first thought is Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) Ah! Um, But here's the thing, is that Frankenstein's monster isn't a monster. No. He is a creation. Well, yeah. He is a misunderstood creation who was not loved by his daddy and who went off... And just did his best. A lot right? of murder happens when you're not loved by your daddy. I have a lot fair. of emotions about yeah. Frankenstein's monster. Oh, it's... Well, I mean, right up there with Godzilla in terms of being more of a Classic. social justice and um, world commentary. The original film was directed by a gay man. And it was about the idea of being ostracized for who you are, not for who you... Yes. Well, for, for who they you appear to be, not for who you are. Exactly. And it was um, so edited down by the film company that they made or, uh, Frankenstein's monster into a monster. Well, it, it went from being a tragic character to being a scary character. Exactly. And you can see how that's prevailed media. Now, again, Godzilla was not made to entertain children. He was made to comment on war yes. and, and the atrocities of it and everything. And yet, he went on to entertain children. Does that mean that you know, it's one or the other, bad, good. I, I think you need both. I think be entertained by your films, but also recognize the stories behind them and and, and uh, empathize with them in such a way that, hey, while this is fun and entertaining and fictional, mm-hmm. factually people are hurt and ostracized. Like yes. all this stuff, like there's real life that happens around these entertaining movies. Oh, absolutely. Like if you want a good breakdown of a movie like that, watch Dead Meat's uh, breakdown of his house. Yeah. That they did a fantastic job breaking down that movie. Very much so. Yeah. So, um, Frankenstein's monster as a uh, as an entertainment property, mm-hmm. um, baffling idea. It was so baffling that they said no, <laughs> uh, and went on to make Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah. So thank you. Um, which 
began, Mothra was the first um, OG uh, character. Mothra, Rodan, um, oh my gosh, uh, Varen, Baragon, all of these other monsters had their own stuff uh, that were eventually absorbed into Godzilla because he just was more popular. So Godzilla actually revolutionized characters that would have died off and never become as iconic as they are continued to exist because Godzilla was popular. So that's pretty cool. So, but anyway, while that wonderful movie is being made, a bad one over here is being made where they're like, okay, well, let's drop Frankenstein for now and let's go back to King Kong because we can do that. Yes. Did you know there was a Mecha King Kong? Yes, I did. Yeah. Because you told me about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was disappointed. Because what, when, you, when you run out of ideas, what better to do than to just make a robo version of your main character? <laughs> Sometimes hey. it works, Mecha Godzilla. Sometimes it doesn't, Mecha Kong. And so... <laughs> Made by Victor Frankenstein, may we point uh, no. out. No. No? No. I'll get there. So oh. for now, they basically just, yeah, go with that plot of like Robo Kong versus Kong. It just becomes a Duke amount you know, uh, battle. They use the same Kong suit and everything. It's of just, course. it's just basically, Hey, we promised a movie. Here's a movie. Um, it was fine, but I mean, just like Godzilla versus or King Kong versus Godzilla, it was fine, but old kaiju movies is just, eh. um, but after that, they were stuck on this Frankenstein's monster thing. So they decided to do, um, Oh my gosh, where is it? I need to find the appropriate name for this film. Where it centers around um, Frankenstein's monster is a kaiju. Yeah. Um, Which I've said many times. Right. You know, at Um, least someone's proving me right. No. Well, what made him a kaiju was both being uh, translated to Japanese audiences, but also um, being made gigantic. Yeah. Um, I am finding it. It's somewhere... Am I on the right movie? I'm not on the right movie. There's so many Godzilla versus Kong movies now. I can't even find the right one. Dude, there's so many versus movies in general. So, um, Frankenstein conquers the world. So, essentially, yeah, Victor Frankenstein made a giant kaiju Frankenstein monster, and he fought um, Baragon, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good boy kaiju. Um, and, and I love him very much. He just looks like a big old puppy, but he's a lizard. It's interesting. I appreciate that. Um, I like a good puppy lizard. Nothing huge about this movie other than it got a sequel <laughs> somehow where parts of Frankenstein fell off in the fight with Baragon and then grew because of mold into giant kaiju in War of the Gargantuans where you have a green and an orange gargantuan which basically looks like they took the Frankenstein suit and then covered it in fur um, and they fight. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, There's a wonderful little world out there of kaiju films that I highly recommend people look into because, my goodness, again, if anything else, it's entertaining. Yeah, and Um, I'm I'm sure there's MST3K movies uh, I believe there actually is of the King Kong vs. Godzilla one, actually. Oh. I'm pretty sure sure there's one of that one and maybe even um, Giant Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Uh, which was the original version of Godzilla Final Wars back in the um, late 70s that was meant to be like, hey, all-star cast of all your favorite kaiju because this is the last movie we're ever making. Yeah, sure. For a few years. Of course. Um, To their credit, they did wait a while. So there's so much history. I love love Kong. There's not as much behind him. 
but there's plenty you should watch. Big um, monkey. What else do you need? If anything, there's more quality behind Kong than there is Godzilla. Um, but the thing is, Kong or Godzilla's enjoyment isn't all from quality. It's just no entertaining. So um, highly recommend you find like Prime, HBO Max, um, and even Hulu have some uh, some of these films that you should definitely check out. And like I mentioned before, um, Netflix has a very modern uh, anime. Uh, adaptation uh, and interpretation of Godzilla. If you're not into anime, I don't recommend it because it's very anime. But if you like anime, you can check it out. Otherwise, um, yeah, the movies are out there, man. Yeah. I recommend you check them out. Um, Just pick one and go in and um, commit. (laughs) report your findings. Exactly. It'll be fun. You might find one you enjoy. You never know. Um, But this was and is a, a very fun movie. Oh, yeah. Um. I do hope that it gets um, a sequel, not a Godzilla vs. Kong sequel, but a, 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 an addition. More in the universe. Yeah, more, yeah, more in the MonsterVerse. Um, right now, it's very ambiguous what they're going to do. If this is all we get is um, a quadrilogy of great monster movies, yes. I think that's a great achievement. But if it can continue, I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Let us know um, if you've seen this movie, what your thoughts are. Yes. Um, do you have something else to add? I do have something else to add. Because, you know, with the movie being Godzilla versus Kong, it made me start thinking, what other kaiju could team up? Oh, that's or, right. Or, you know, just... Uh, and I here, have, I almost closed out before giving you your bit. I it, It's not a bit. It's an actual idea, all right? Uh-huh. So respect the bit. I mean, the idea. So I have my, my notes here, my Let's Go Bananas notebook, and I wrote down some ideas. Keeping, if you haven't been keeping up, I'm very sensitive to what is and is not a kaiju, and she exploits it all the time. I zero in on it, and it is the funniest thing. It's almost as funny as when I show you videos of things that are not cake being cut into and revealed to be cake. It's a waste of good cake. It's so funny, though. (laughs) Your reactions are delightful. So, bear with me. Um, I did get a suggestion from Adam, from a certain point of view. Thanks. um, Which... You know, what other kaiju can fight each other? We have the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man versus Calamity Ganon. I think that would be a good one, personally. Neither of those are a kaiju. Uh, we have Bob's Big Boy versus King-Sized Homer from the episode of The Simpsons. Also not kaiju. Uh, we have 18-foot-tall Halloween skeleton from Home Depot. Uh, versus 18 feet? 18 feet. What? That thing was 18 feet tall. That That's not, that's like a kaiju's toe. But versus Super Shredder from Secret of the Use. That's just a dude on steroids. We have Bowser versus the Jolly Green Giant. The the Giga Bowser from this new Mario game. Yes. I would accept. I was personally thinking Bowser from the end of Mario Odyssey, but that will work too. And then, you're the wild card. We're going to throw in Rhett from Rhett and Link. Rhett McLaughlin. Six foot nine. No, six foot seven. Something like that. No. <laughs> if you have any other None kaiju. None of these are kaiju. If you have any other kaiju that you would like to throw in. Please don't. Us, bring us up. Just don't, actually. Get us um, on the horn. And, and it, James Gunn. I have you to thank for upsetting the rhythm of, of what is and isn't a kaiju because... Freaking Suicide Squad is coming out, and Star Rose there, and he's not a kaiju. I don't care what that silly weeb in in the tech office 
says. I don't even know that character's name, but he's probably going to be funny. Dude. I'm still going to watch the movie, but it's not a kaiju. I've said it before. I'm excited for King Shark. 100%. Who is not a kaiju? He's, he, he's, he's big. Ask yourself. Big monster. Most of the things you think are kaiju are not kaiju. Just stop. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just stop. I, I remembered. I remembered which one. So, Rhett McLaughlin for Went Link versus One Horse Sized Duck. No. None. No. These are. No. <laughs> Ugh. No. None of these are kaiju. This is. This has been an episode. I had fun. I was. I was enjoying myself. Now, I don't know what I'm. I'm doing or feeling, but. Take a sip of coffee. Um. I'm definitely dark because my light died, and so um, R.I.P. to my light. The one on the inside or the one on the outside? Both. <laughs> one is dying more and more as I continue. Um, please uh, support us. Uh, go give us money on Patreon and support uh, us. like and rate. Um, not for the madness, but to, to give me a new light. Um, if, if I can't have light back in my soul, I at least need light in the video. Um, I don't. I can't even... Did I throw you? Thank you to the Red Five Network. We are a part of the Red Five family of podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, Who contribute to this ridiculousness? Yes. Um, and then you're repping, repping a scarf podcast. I am swag. indeed. Thanks for always gluten free. Thank you. Um, and then thank you to Jesse at Game Infinite. We yes. are part of the Game Infinite family as well. Yes, we are. Uh, we run the Star Wars Infinite on Instagram and yep. on Twitter. If you want Star Wars in your life, support us on Instagram. <laughs> Send John uh, a gift. I'm not going to be happy until we coffee. get like $500 a month on Patreon. <laughs> $6,000 a month and, and I, I don't know. We'll we'll make a kaiju. We will make a kaiju. Is that how we're going to have kids? I need to put these on, act- our, on our, our actual stretch goals. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to fund a kaiju. Oh, gosh. $1,000 right. a month. We will fund a Robot Wars robot. We, we've met our overlord's requirements. We've talked about good kaiju and then we've ruined everything um and uh so that's an episode i think that's an episode that's complete i think that's, that's an everything we set out and promised to do every week boba's snoring like a kaiju i can't i just can't win i can't win this episode i i think you're well, having... i am mecha godzilla in this <laughs> i am borked by by everything around me i just want to exist good night everybody uh, have a good one wait a minute wait a minute You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.